Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, Season 4. This podcast is for and about people getting ready for their first ever pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, France, and Portugal. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. Welcome back. This is Nancy, back with you for Season 4 of the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast and kicking off the season on this last Tuesday in January. I hope the holidays were a special time for you, filled with your favorite people and activities, and certainly lots of joy and laughter. I was able to get in some wonderful time with friends and even a coffee meetup with my big brother Dave, when he passed through town on his way to a holiday event south of San Francisco. My church does the most beautiful Christmas Eve candle lighting service I have ever attended, and that was definitely a highlight. I even got to volunteer on the video team for one of the services. Who knew operating a camera for a live feed could be so fun? Now we are ankle deep into 2024. Is it me or did January fly right on by? If you are tuning into this podcast for the first time, welcome. You are stepping into, as I said, the fourth season, after we have already covered a ton of ground. If you haven't already listened to seasons one, two, and three, you may want to go back to the start, to the very first episode, to find out what this podcast is all about, why I'm doing this, and to follow along step-by-step, episode-by-episode, to make your Camino dream a reality. If you have been listening from the start, from when the first episode aired back in August 2022, and if you are back again with me after taking the same two-month break that I took from the production schedule, thank you for tuning back in. During the break, the downloads of the podcast passed the 135,000 mark, so I know you're there. And I'm so grateful to have the chance to be part of your Camino experience. It's been really fun to hear from many of my listeners the past two months. Some of you have joined my email list, and others have signed up to walk with my groups in May and September this year. Others simply found my website and sent a message through the contact form. I also know that I have some binge listeners tuning in who found the podcast long after I started it. So you might be listening to this episode well after its release date of January 30th, 2024. I mention that because from time to time, there is some time-bound information on the podcast. So you may wonder if what I'm talking about still applies when you are listening. To find out what I have going on now, whenever your now is, you can check out my website for all the current happenings. That website is thecaminoexperience.com. So here we are with the 58th episode of the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, getting you ready to take your first steps on your very own potentially life-changing Camino experience. How's it going so far? I would love to hear from you. If you are already on my email list, you can simply reply to one of the emails I've sent you, and that will get right to me. 
If you are not yet on my email list, you can sign up on my website or just send me an email at youonthecamino at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. I love that you are here. In this first episode of the season, I'm going to be talking about the fear that often surrounds walking the Camino for the first time and how to find the courage to do it anyway. I will share some of my own story, which isn't entirely about the Camino, and also six strategies for moving through your fear. Before I get to today's topic, I want to give you an update on what I've been working on for you during the break. You may remember from the previous seasons that I lead groups of first-time pilgrims on the Camino Frances, starting in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port. Well, January has been packed with helping them get ready, lining up our accommodations for the first four days on the trail, and fielding questions about booking travel to our starting point. I have 10 pilgrims in my May group, so that group is full. I have 10 pilgrims in my May group, so that group is full. I feel so blessed to be supporting them and to be bearing witness to their first Camino pilgrimages. I am also leading a group in September, and as of January 30th, that group still has five spots left, in case you are dreaming of a fall Camino. Now, many pilgrims will tell you that walking solo is the best or right way to do this pilgrimage. So you may be thinking that walking in a group isn't the way to go. And to some extent, I agree with you. That's why the goal of my group program is just to get you started. You know, to get you to Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port over the first literal and metaphoric mountains and on your way to Santiago. My website has all the details. Go to thecaminoexperience.com and look for the Walk With Me tab. The other thing I've been working on are some improvements to my Camino Frances Getting Started audio guide. Specifically, I'm migrating it to a new platform, one that makes the guide available in an easy-to-use app. This one has me off the charts excited. It's so cool. If you purchase the audio guide from me in 2023, you will be hearing from me in the next weeks to get you set up on the new platform. And from here on out, anyone who purchases the guide will be on the new platform. And the other exciting development is that with this new platform, I will be able to offer you the option of purchasing either the entire audio guide or parts of the audio guide. That means that if the only thing you want is, for example, the on-the-trail guide, or you want just the part on how to get to Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port, you can purchase just those sections. I still have to sort out all the back-end functionality so all the tech works on that, but I'm hoping that's not too far off. More on that soon, but for now, let's look ahead to what's coming in Season 4 of the podcast. Each season, I put the call out to first-time pilgrims to let me know if you would like to be a guest on this podcast, to tell your Camino story, and to spend some time together to get some of your questions answered. Well, the response has been overwhelming. I have had the privilege and pleasure of hearing so many inspiring stories through the guest request submissions. So many, in fact, that I can't get to everyone. 
If you submitted a guest request in the past six months, I will be back to you in the next couple of weeks to let you know if I have a spot for you in season four. Thank you so much for your patience as I sift through all of your beautiful stories. Here's what I do know about the guests that will be on the show. I will be welcoming back a couple of my guests from season three so they can share with you how their Caminos went. I will also have conversations with 10 or so first-time pilgrims so you can hear from more people who are in exactly the same place you are, getting ready and setting out for their big Camino trips. And I have invited a couple of my pilgrimage role models to join me, so we will see where that leads. Oh, and also, I have a few more information-only episodes, like this one, where I share tips and strategies for getting your Camino dream into reality. Now, as a segue into today's topic, fear and courage, I want to share a bit more about my own story. Throughout this podcast series, I've been sharing pieces of my story so you can see the path I've walked to get to this point. The Camino is both a love and a passion for me. That's where it started anyway. Over the past 18 years, my relationship with the Camino has evolved. We have had our ups and downs, yes. Not every pilgrimage walk has been a walk in the park. My first pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago was in 2005, from Pamplona to Santiago. On that first walk, I had to skip a few sections due to knee problems, so I went back in 2007 and I walked every step from Roncesvalles to Santiago. And then I swore I would never be back. Well, that's not how it worked out. I've been back every year since then, and many years I was on the Camino twice a year. In 2013, I realized three things. One, even though I had already spent a lot of time on the Frances route, I wanted even more time on the Camino. Two, I wanted to share this incredible experience with others. I wanted people to know about the pilgrimage and to turn their own Camino dreams into reality. And three, I had gotten really good at getting started on the Camino. And I noticed that getting started was, for many pilgrims, the most daunting part of the experience. Putting together the trip, getting to the starting point, and taking those first steps on the trail was, for many, completely terrifying. That doesn't mean that once everyone got going, it was all smooth sailing and rainbows and butterflies. But by the time pilgrims were a few days in, the fear of walking the Camino had dissipated. The fear of the unknown, the fear of getting lost in the wilderness, and the fear of not being able to do it, not being able to tackle the physical challenges of the walk. Most of my time on the Camino has been on the Frances route, which, for the sake of this discussion, begins in France, in the pretty town of Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port on the eastern side of the Pyrenees Mountains. The first stage out of Saint-Jean requires a pilgrim to go up and over the mountain. With a 4,000-foot or 1,200-meter elevation gain, spread out over 21 kilometers, that's about 13 miles. It's a really big first day or two. You've probably heard stories. Maybe you've watched the movie The Way, 
Have you heard that people get lost on that mountain and they have to be rescued? That people die? That the weather can change in a moment and pilgrims find themselves trudging along in gale force winds, hail, and torrential rain? Yikes. Of course you're terrified. Will any of that happen to you? Most of it, no. Getting lost or dying is statistically uncommon and highly unlikely. But the weather? That's another story. That's a description of the high road, by the way, or the Napoleon route. There is another route that is marginally easier, which goes through the valley and is called the Valcarlos route or the low road. But that one, you may have heard, takes the walker along a busy highway with trucks and buses whizzing by. Well, it's dangerous, right? And then the hard part is at the end of the stage with a grueling climb up and over the mountain pass. I don't mean to scare you. Actually, I'm being intentionally dramatic so I can cue up the topic of courage and facing our fears. I want to talk about what does scare or worry first-time pilgrims and what to do with your fear. See, I don't think it helps when people tell you, oh, you'll be fine, or to just get over it. Or they tell you, it's not dangerous at all, it's totally safe. We have to pull that apart a bit to uncover what exactly you are fearful of. So I'm going to do that, and then I will get to those strategies for walking through your fear. I'm going to start this discussion with a couple of assertions. First, I'll start with a quote from one of my favorite books by Barbara Shear. The book is called Wishcraft. She says, I believe that there is nothing in this world worth doing that won't scare you. The moment you make a commitment to going for your dreams, you have ventured into the unknown, and that is scary. The second assertion is that fear is personal. What scares me might not even register as a threat for you, and vice versa. Let me give you an example. When I talk about walking the Camino, when I share my experiences over the years, I often get people saying to me things like, oh my gosh, you are so courageous. You're so brave for walking the Camino. You went by yourself alone? I can sense their fear and trepidation at the idea of heading out for a month or more to walk 800 kilometers across a whole country alone. But for me, it never occurred that way. For me, it was just something I did. I flew to Barcelona, found my way to Pamplona, and walked the Camino. The thing is, though, before that first Camino, I had done a lot of international travel. I had been to India by myself. Are you kidding? A single woman showing up in India alone? That's a bit of an adventure. Also, I had traveled to several countries in South and Central America on business trips when I was working for Citibank, arriving alone in Chile, Colombia, Guatemala, and Costa Rica. So I was no stranger to solo international travel. For me, that wasn't courageous. That was normal. But I do know fear. I do know the power of fear to stop us in our tracks and keep us from going after our dreams. And I have had to dig deep to find my courage 
to take on things I really wanted. I won't get into it, but dating terrifies me. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Instead, I'll share with you an example from a few years ago that's not about the Camino, but has a striking number of similarities. For years now, my church has had a team of bicyclists who participate in the AIDS life cycle ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. One year, I had the crazy idea to join the team and ride 545 miles in support of two California-based organizations that provide free HIV, AIDS, medical care, testing, and prevention services and support for people living with AIDS. Why was this crazy? I wasn't a cyclist. I didn't even own a bike. I had no gear or cycling clothes, and I wasn't at all fit. Let me paint you a picture of what this ride entails. First, 545 miles on a bike is really far. The ride would take seven days, and we would be camping each night in a moving tent city of close to 3,000 people. That would be seven days of porta potties, showers in a trailer, and days that started at 6 a.m. outside. There wouldn't be any laundry facilities, so I would have to assemble seven days of riding clothes, and I would have to pack everything clothes, gear, sleeping bag, sleeping mat, toiletries, extra shoes into one big bag that I would somehow have to maneuver from the luggage trucks all the way across camp to my tent that was somewhere among a sea of identical tents. From the moment I said yes to doing the ride, my introverted self was in a panic. The part of me that likes to know what's coming and have at least some things planned out was terrified of all this unknown. And my unfit self thought I was insane. So why did I do the ride? I did it because I was longing to be part of something bigger than myself, and I wanted the connection of being part of a team. There were eight riders on my team, and they all had different reasons for doing the ride. A few were all about the riding. They were the first out of camp each day. They were strong and confident on the bike, and they rode every mile of the ride. Most were dedicated supporters of the cause. They had lost friends to AIDS and were passionate about seeing an end to this awful disease. A couple were there for the social aspect of the ride, to meet people and have fun. And one was doing the ride because a coworker was doing it, and she thought it would be a good experience. Does any of this sound familiar? Heading off into the unknown, totally unfit, stepping out of my routine, no idea how to pull off the logistics, riding a bike on busy roads, sleeping among 3,000 strangers. I can see some similarities to walking the Camino. So how did I make it to and through the ride? How did I go from the idea of doing the ride to actually riding out of the Cow Palace early on a Sunday morning in June 2018? The same way you are going from the idea of walking the Camino to actually taking your first steps on the trail. I did it one step at a time 
and with more courage than I knew I had in me. And you'll do it, maybe, with more courage than you know you have, and with some strategies. I will get to those strategies for dealing with your fear or trepidation or nervousness about walking the Camino in just a moment. But first, I want to begin by calling out what those fears could be. I'll start with what I call normal pilgrim fears. First up is the fear of getting lost. Can you imagine? It could happen. It does happen. But what are we really afraid will happen if we get lost? Well, not being able to find our way back to the trail, ending up far away and having to walk many more kilometers than planned. If you get lost in the mountains, there is a very real fear of getting stuck out there overnight. In other words, being alone and well and truly lost. That leads me to all those basic survival fears, not having food or shelter, not getting out of this alive. For women, there are gender-based fears, which many women live with every day of their lives. I'm referring to inappropriate or even aggressive advances from men. On a similar note, some pilgrims may fear discrimination for their religious affiliation, sexual orientation, nationality, or the color of their skin. There are the normal dangers inherent with traveling in general, such as theft or loss of personal belongings like your money, credit cards, and passport, or the possibility of getting stranded somewhere, alone and without resources. How about not being able to communicate because you don't speak the language? Some people are afraid of flying. What about those subtler fears, like the fear of disappointment or missing out? And then there are those deeply personal fears. Can I really do this? Which brings up the fear of failure. And who will I be or become after walking the Camino? Cue the fear. When I look over these different fears, I notice they fall into two categories for me, actual danger and perceived danger. Again, fear is personal, so I want to give you those strategies now so you can begin to chip away at what has you feeling nervous or scared or intimidated. And even if you're not actually shaking in your boots, these strategies will provide a roadmap for getting more out of your Camino experience. Here we go. Strategy number one, get to know your fears and expectations. See if you can get to the heart of what has you feeling nervous or fearful. What are you afraid will happen, really? And then ask yourself, is there a real danger? You may discover that it's not courage you need, it's more information, facts about the trail and the walk, details on how to get where you're going, a good map or app. Many fears can be mitigated simply by learning some savvy traveler tips, how to stay safe when traveling internationally, knowing in advance how to transfer from your international flight to your connecting bus or train, and researching ahead of time where to sleep and find food. It may be that you need to get to know your expectations. 
We all have them. It would be impossible not to with all the videos and books and movies and online accounts of other people's Camino experiences. If you get to know your expectations, you can begin to see which ones are realistic and which ones aren't, which ones are inherited or picked up from others, and which ones are all yours. Which ones scare you and need more attention and good, reliable information to tame the fear? You can ask yourself if you truly want what you're expecting or if you'd like to expect and receive something else. You can also relax any tight grip you have on ideas of what the Camino is or is supposed to be and instead shift to an attitude of expectancy. Getting to know your expectations is also a good way to keep FOMO in check. That's the fear of missing out. How do you get to know your fears and expectations? Well, my mind can be a busy place, so I look for ways to slow it down so I can catch the specifics of what I'm thinking. I have three mindfulness practices I like to use, meditation, journaling, and walking. Meditation allows me to notice my thoughts, acknowledge them, and kindly invite some of them to move along. Journaling gives me a way to get my thoughts out of my head and onto the page so I can look at them, examine them, and choose which ones to empower and which ones to dismiss. And walking, well, that's the perfect way to condition your body for the physical rigors of walking the Camino while allowing your thoughts to slow down to the pace and rhythm of walking. These practices can help you dial into what is really important to you. What are the must-sees or must-haves for your Camino experience? And how do you plan or design a trip that checks all those boxes? What do you need to learn? What facts do you need to gather to alleviate your fears of the unknown? If you are afraid or worried about going alone, Is it a better choice for you to find a walking buddy or join a group? Or is the best way for you to take a deep breath and face that fear? This is a good time to take a look at strategy number two, which may help clarify your expectations for your Camino pilgrimage. Strategy number two is to clarify your reasons for walking the Camino. As I said earlier, I did the AIDS life cycle ride because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. My teammates all rode for their own personal reasons. Why are you considering walking the Camino? Why would you take that time away from your life, away from your family and friends, away from your communities and support systems to go walk the Camino? What are you longing for that you suspect the Camino will satisfy? This may take some contemplation. I would like to share with you one of my meditation practices that may help you find a deeper connection to your reasons for walking the Camino. If you don't have time to do this now, make a note of the time mark in this episode so you can go back to it when you can set aside some time for this practice. Here it is. Find a quiet, comfortable spot where you can sit in quiet contemplation. Once you are settled in, allow your eyes to close and imagine yourself 
in Santiago de Compostela, in front of the cathedral, having completed the pilgrimage. Imagine standing in front of the cathedral, arms raised in the air in celebration. How do you feel? Who is with you? What are you most grateful for? Next, take a few steps back and imagine yourself arriving into Santiago, feeling strong and clear and brave. What are you thinking as you walk into the historic city center? Next, imagine yourself on the trail, meeting and connecting with pilgrims from around the world. Who are you meeting? What are you talking about? Which of your stories are you sharing with them? Now, imagine yourself on the trail, walking for hours in quiet solitude, alone with your thoughts. No one is around, and all you have is the big, wide, open sky above you and the crunch of earth beneath your feet as you take each step. How does it feel to be out there alone? And finally, go to the beginning, to your starting point, and imagine yourself on your first day, backpack loaded, maybe a little jet lagged, looking up at the mountain you are about to climb. Are you alone? Are you with a group of friends or family? What do you wish someone would say to you as you take your first steps? When you're ready, take a deep breath, open your eyes. Which of these imaginings gave you the clearest vision of you as a pilgrim? Which felt the most inspiring or the best connection? Are any of these actually the reason you are feeling called to the Camino? Or is it something else? Why do I suggest doing this meditation? Why take the time to connect with your reasons for walking the Camino? Because when you feel afraid or nervous or when it gets hard on the trail and you want to quit, I find it helps to fall back on the emotional tie to the goal of walking to Santiago de Compostela. Whenever the difficult emotions take over, think back to your why. Remind yourself why you are doing this and call to mind the experience you are longing for. The next strategy is to get comfortable with mistakes and not getting it right. If this is your first time walking the Camino, I want you to know that you don't have to get it right. I don't even know if there is a right. In other words, you don't have to have everything perfect, the right this, the right that, the right gear, the best place to stay, only good food, and so on. Part of walking the Camino for me was discovery. It was going out there and working it out as I went. Not having everything perfectly dialed in allowed me to explore and discover and find my way. I found out that I have some pretty strong problem-solving skills, and ultimately, it didn't matter that everything wasn't perfect right out of the gate, because eventually, I worked out what I needed to work out. You know, I didn't get my footwear right for about five years on the Camino. My feet hurt all the time, and then eventually, I found the right boots. 
And you know what? My feet still hurt after every day walking on the Camino. And on the bike ride, those first few days on the ride were bumpy. I mean, I spent so much time trying to find and keep track of my gear because I hadn't yet worked out a system. But it all worked out. From a bigger picture, when I talk about not getting it right, I want you to think of an example in your life when you took on something big and you had to learn everything about it as you went along. Here's an easy example, parenting. If you have children, you know that there is no, in quotes, getting it right. You just do the best you know how and you learn as you go. I mean, really, we could just eliminate the phrase, get it right, from the topic of parenting. You are always learning as you go. And then you can look back and reflect on what you learned. From that perspective, you can see that the trial and error enrich the experience all that much more. Not easy, but satisfying. Another example, how about starting a business or starting a new job? Each time you begin at a point of total incompetence, and you learn as you go. Each day and with each decision, you learn and move toward your goal of running a profitable business or being a good employee. The thing is, we forget this. Probably you have been doing what you're doing for so long that you don't remember what it was like to be a total beginner. Beginners make mistakes. They learn as they go, which is exactly what it is to be a first-time pilgrim. I promise you that by the time you reach Santiago, you will be masterful at being a pilgrim. The next strategy is to look for the heroes and role models who have gone before you and who inspire you. Thank goodness I was part of a team on that AIDS life cycle ride. No way would I have ever taken on this bike ride alone. One of my team members had done the ride six times before, and another had done it three times. They were no longer afraid like I was, I listened to every word they said. When you are getting ready to walk the Camino, look for people who have overcome their fear, pilgrims who have walked the Camino even though they were shaking in their boots. Find someone whose voice you trust. There is a sea of information out there on the internet. There are Facebook groups. I think I'm in six Facebook groups for the Camino, and there are so many more than that. There is the English language forum run by Ivar and Santiago. There are so many voices out there giving you information and telling you how to do things. I'm going to suggest that you look for one or two or three people whose voices you trust, whose voices resonate with you, and look for their comments on Facebook or the forum, or even in YouTube videos or books. Listen for what they have to say and see if you can find your heart in that. Find what inspires you from listening to some of those heroes or some of those role models. That doesn't mean you stop listening to everyone else and their tips and advice. Rather, see if you can move past all the talk of boots and train tickets and luggage transport and booking accommodations to find a heart connection to people who inspire you. 
The next strategy is to become part of a bigger picture. There was no way not to be part of the bigger picture on that bike ride I did. I was one single beating heart in a party of 3,000. When you walk the Camino, you instantly become part of the larger global pilgrim community. And like you, every pilgrim on the trail has a story of courage. More than half a million people step foot and walk at least part of the Camino every year. That is one big community. Of those pilgrims, you are likely to meet only a hundred or so when you walk the trail. But right now, from home, you have access to that worldwide community through all of our online resources. As a way to tame your Camino fears, I want to encourage you to get connected to the Pilgrim community before you even leave home for your walk. By joining Camino Facebook groups or going on the online forum, you'll be able to see that you are not alone in your concerns and fears. And this podcast is the perfect place to hear stories from others just like you who are getting ready for their first pilgrimage. The first three seasons are filled with inspiring stories, and there are more to come. If you're feeling called, if you're longing to walk the Camino, something may be calling you to be part of that global community and to bring forth something more from within you and in your life. People bravely go to the Camino alone, but they seldom stay that way, unless they want to. Still, walking the Camino solo, alone, by yourself, isn't for everyone. Many pilgrims will tell you it's the best way to walk the Camino. I walked the Camino alone for many years before I started leading groups in 2013, so I can tell you that walking the Camino solo is a fantastic way to do it, if it's right for you. What if you have a feeling that it's not right for you? I know I don't really need to do this, but I want to give you permission to not go to the Camino alone if it's not right for you. If you want to join a group and have ready-made connections in place, do that. Or if you are dreaming of walking the Camino on your own, but you don't want to start alone, I got you covered. My group program used to be called Just Get Me Started because that's what it did. Well, that's what it does. Only now it's called the Camino Experience. But either way, you can find out about my unique Getting Started program on my website. I mentioned this earlier. I have some spots left in my September group if you are imagining yourself walking the Camino in the fall. However you do it, I encourage you to become a part of something bigger than you and allow that to fortify you and bring out your courage. Which brings us to the final strategy, and that is to see yourself as courageous. Why? Because you are. You are. You are human, and being human, my friend, takes courage. This is not an easy ride being human. And by the way, if you have ever done anything big in your life, you've got courage. Have you raised kids? Have you started a new job or business? Have you ever gotten into a relationship? Those all take courage. 
making a major purchase and committing yourself to tens of thousands of dollars to buy a house or a car, that takes courage. Speaking up for yourself in a restaurant when you get bad service or when somebody says something inappropriate to you. Courage. Some days, even just getting out of bed takes courage. If you're not sure if you're courageous, I encourage you to look back over your life and look for the times when you did those big, hard things. Draw on those experiences and let them carry you to the Camino. When I need courage now, I think back to that bike ride and I think back to my first Camino in 2005 and I remember I can do big things. I know you can do this. So let's review. Here are the six strategies to find your courage and walk through your fears of walking the Camino. First, get to know your fears and expectations. Second, clarify your why. Third, get comfortable not getting it right. Fourth, look for the heroes or the role models. Fifth, become a part of this greater pilgrim community. And finally, see yourself as courageous. I'll wrap up this episode with two additional ideas for you, two practical steps you can take to help tame your fears and get yourself on the trail. First, I want to invite you to get connected by joining my email list. Each week, I send out an e-newsletter with tips and ideas for planning your first Camino walk. When you sign up, I will send you my top 10 Camino tips that don't usually show up on the top 10 Camino lists. Just be sure when you get that first email from me that you click through and download those tips so I know you really do want to be on my email list. Also, if you don't see that first email right away, be sure to check your spam or junk folder. And the second one, swing by my website to find out all the ways I help pilgrims get started on their first pilgrimage on the Camino Frances. Whether you think starting with a group is the best way for you, or if you are a 100% do-it-yourselfer, I've got something for you that will take the edge off your fears and show you that yes, you can do this and you can do it with confidence. Again, my website is thecaminoexperience.com. I'll be back next week with one of my favorite pilgrims to talk about pilgrimage and how laughter can change your life. See you then.